This guy is all about shaving heads and not points. It's the Shave Heads Not Points Podcast with your host, PJ Davis. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shave Heads Not Points. Here with the offensive coordinator of Mount Yona, the white, the Mount Yona champions, White County High School, Chad Bennett. Chad, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, I've been up here talking talking some ball with Chad for a little bit, and uh, you you uh, were a student of my mom's in fourth grade, and then but we met in Murfreesboro at Tony Franklin. So, uh, kind of tell us. Where you grew up and played college? Did you play college ball? I did not. You didn't. All right. Did so, not. so kind of tell us how you got into coaching and all that. Yeah, man. So I grew up in Gainesville. Uh, I'm a product of Big Red and uh, graduated in 1997. Um, kind of got into coaching. I went to school and uh, I graduated with a finance degree. And I was like, "What am I going to do with my life?" You know. And I didn't want to be a finance guy. I wouldn't and, either. Uh, at the time, you know, I had a fiance, and she's like, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to coach. She said, well, you got to teach. So <laughs> went back and got a teaching degree, and, uh, you know, just fate happened to land me at Flyer Branch. And when I got there, I didn't know anybody. And so the first year, I, you know, I got to meet all the coaches, and I'd volunteer on Friday nights. And then uh, year two, um, Coach Shaw hired me and gave me an opportunity. So I started at the middle school level. Um, I coached there for three years at Davis. The last two, I was the head coach. Won uh, first Hall County championship <laughs> in school history, so it was pretty pretty neat. Had some really really good kids. Uh, Starting my fourth year, I moved up to varsity. That was two thousand eight. Played for state championship that year. I coached wide receivers. Was a JV head coach, offensive coordinator. Next year, I moved and still. Varsity OL with Tom Hall, learned a whole lot from him, man, and what an awesome OL coach. And then my last two years at Flyer Branch, I coached D-line under Chris Griffin and, and just learned a whole lot about defense. Coach Shaw took the Raven County job and asked me to come along and uh, gave me an opportunity to be the offensive coordinator. We went up there and, um, you know, Raven County had been 1-9, and 1-9, 1-9, 3-7 before we got there. So they had won, you know, six games the four yeah. years before. And that first year we got there, we went six and five, made the playoffs. Uh, it was really neat. Yeah. The kids were excited, got them excited. Um, and then we went eight and three and then um, won our first region championship my third year there. And then uh, I was there one more year and we, we won another uh, region championship, made it to the quarters. quarters. After my time at Raven, I went back to Flyer Branch for a year with Chris, Coach Griffin, uh, Coach Dowell there. Mm-hmm. And then the last four years I've been here at White County working for uh, Coach Tim Coakley as offensive coordinator. So that's kind of my journey. Yeah. Well, uh, definitely – I didn't realize it until we talked a couple weeks ago how many times we've really – I don't know necessarily faced each other because we hadn't faced you all since you've been up here at White. But um, – you know, we've definitely faced each other on the field before between Gainesville and uh, and Flyer Branch. But um, what was it like to coach for Lee Shaw, who's definitely going to be in the uh, Georgia High School Hall of Fame one day? Uh, it, it was it was a great experience. You know, I've I've been blessed to really work for three really good head football coaches. Uh, working with Coach, I was with Coach Shaw for twelve uh, twelve years, 
And uh, he, he gave me my start, uh, gave me my opportunities, and just learned a whole lot about football, learned about how to run a program, uh, really saw how it takes to, to, to turn the program around at Raven County. And, uh, you know, just to get in on the experience of building Flyer Branch, like I said, I got there my third, uh, the third year of the school, and, you know, they had struggled. And that first year I was there in two, uh, uh, 2005 was when we when we turned around. That was my first year coaching, and we went 11 and two and went to the quarters finals. And you know, once 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 the kids kind of believed and we got that thing going, I mean, we 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 were blessed and had some success. And then uh, when he took the job back home, he asked me to go, which was which was an honor. And uh, it was just it was a neat experience to go up there and and just see how we we transformed it. I mean, because when those when we got there, those kids were hungry to be coached. They were hungry to be successful. And then by the time I left, and even now, mm-hmm. like when we when we went to play people, we expected to win. You yeah, know, our kids absolutely. expected to get off the bus, and we were going to win a football game. And yeah. it was just really neat. And then you know to work with Coach Coakley. Uh, Coach Coakley's won six state championships in Florida. He was at uh, North Florida Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he coached at GAC. He's been the head coach at Colquitt County. So, I mean, the man knows how to coach football. He sure does. And, uh, you know, it's just – it's been been really neat here too. Um, I've been blessed uh, here at White County. I had a, a really good four-year quarterback special, as good as I've coached. And, you know, through Fire Branch at Raven, you know, we had J-Bo, we had Connor – uh, we had Austin Brown, we had Candler Coker, four Division One quarterbacks. We go to Raven. We had Wes Holcomb, who goes to uh, Western Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had um, another kid um, that was ended up going play bas- uh, baseball at Piedmont, and then we had Bailey Fisher, who's now at Tennessee Tech. So I've been blessed, really, to be around some really, really good quarterbacks, and and we we were able to have some offensive success here. Because of a quarterback, this this year was was by far our best mm-hmm. best team, over four thousand yards of offense, um, and it was the number one score in offense in school history. So That's really awesome. proud, yeah, really proud of you know what what our kids were able to accomplish this year. What uh, you know, because when we were watching film just a minute ago, you know, you showed me some film of of Jay Jay. Jay Ben, Jay Ben, I keep wanting to call him Jay Bean. <laughs> Jay Ben, uh, when he was a freshman, and you could see, you know, how small he was, how scrawny he was, and then, uh, you know, you showed me some clips of him when he was a senior. Talk to us a little bit about his development specifically, but also quarterback development um, for anybody who may be listening. About you know, I want to develop a quarterback. Uh, what would you kind of tell them? You know, the the intangibles are. Yeah. Um... Jay Ben, it, it it was it was a neat to watch him grow up. Um, I, I'm I'm almost a hundred percent sure he didn't really start playing football until middle school, and to have the career that he had and know that he didn't grow up playing since he was five years old. He's a phenomenal athlete. He his first love was 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 baseball. He grew up and and he still loves baseball. But I, I'm pretty sure he's he's a football guy through mm-hmm. and through now. But and you know when Jay Ben was a freshman. We were able to protect them. We had a really good offensive line my first year here. Uh, we had a really, really, really good running back. He was a 1,700-yard running back the, my first year here, and, and we could take care of J. Ben. We, we, we didn't have to ask him a whole lot, you know, just manage the game. 
uh, get the ball to Caleb, and then, you know, we could take our shots, throw in, you know, some screen game, some short stuff. And then he, he was able to throw some, you know, play action, home run stuff. And then uh, sophomore year, got better, got bigger, and then really had a breakout year his junior year. He yeah. he was uh, uh, almost a 2,000-yard passer, and he was a 1,000-yard rusher. Um and just had an awesome year. Last year was um, All-State honorable mention. This year he was 3A uh, preseason All-State. Uh, unfortunately got hurt a couple of games, and I think that's going to affect, you know, some of that this year. But, I mean, it, it was just awesome. You know, as far as quarterback, you know, development, I mean, a lot of it has to do with just with, with just the kids. Like with Jay Ben, he, he wanted to be the best. He's the ultimate competitor. Yeah. He's super coachable, uh, a genius, like super smart. Um, he's a 4.0 student. You know, all the Ivy League schools love him. Yeah. And and he just played and practiced and prepared. You know, we do new some uh, perfect drill and pat and go. And on the last day of his career practicing, he did it as hard and as good as he did as a freshman, you know. Mm-hmm. So that just was, was who he was. He, he had a drive to be great. And luckily, I just had to, you know, give him a few pointers and just let him play. But right. uh, I think as a quarterback, I mean, just the all season, uh, going through the drills and making sure they understand the offense. But, I mean, a lot of it is over my career, we've just been blessed with some really, really good quarterbacks. Right. What um, – you know, do you think he'll go to college to play quarterback or do you think he'll go to play college – baseball or what yeah he's got some offers right now some some smaller stuff um he's got reinhardt he's got um kentucky wesleyan Mm -hmm. he's got washington and lee Uh, a lot of the ivy schools love him and uh you know i'm just hoping that after this early signing day that there's going to be some more opportunities come from him i I honestly don't know what people don't you know i know this year's been weird with covid and you know you can't visit it's hard to get kids on campus because at quarterback you can't miss Mm -hmm. and a lot of colleges want to get them on campus let them throw in front of you and you know that's just been a weird year and so but yeah the dude is as good as I've coached I mean honestly I mean and I've been a part of multiple division one quarterbacks and I think he's as good as any of them good and I think he he deserves a chance and whoever takes the chances I mean they're going to get a steal for sure absolutely Uh, Let's take a quick commercial break. Shout out to our friends at Chop Block on the Square in downtown Gainesville. Go visit them any night of the week. They are serving up the greatest beers in town, some of the greatest deals, and the greatest food that you'll ever put in your mouth. Trivia night is every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Join them in the Skybox upstairs for Trivia Night. Also, on Thursday nights, you got karaoke with DJ Blaine from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. in the Sky sky Box. Come out and play with them there. Then on Sunday nights, you have poker starting at 7 p.m. in the Sky Box. Uh, $200 free roll Sunday extravaganza. Must be 21 to attend. Monday, industry night karaoke with DJ Blaine from 9.30 p.m. to 1.30 a.m., Go join them there at Chop Block and Skybox. And then they're having Poker Night Tuesday as well. Another $200 free roll, 7 p.m. until whenever you shut the place down, baby. Go visit our friends over at Sky at uh, Chop Block 
Visit them at chopblockgainesville.com. The Law Office of Leonard C. Parks Jr. is proud to be a sponsor of the Shave Heads Not Points podcast. Attorney Lee Parks is a Gainesville native and a graduate of UGA Law School. He's practiced criminal law in Hall County in Northeast Georgia for the past 36 years, both as a prosecutor with the DA's office and as the Gainesville Municipal Court Solicitor, and for the past 22 years as a defense attorney, and handles everything from speeding tickets to death penalty murder cases. He's been named a Lawyer of Distinction and National Trial Lawyers Top 100 Criminal Defense Lawyers. His office is at 604 Green Street next to the Quinlan. If you need help with a criminal law matter, call Lee Parks at 770-503-9819 for an appointment. Happy holidays. All right. So let's talk a little scheme here. Uh, Something you and I both love that we've talked about is uh, outside zone or stretch. Um, We really liked it this year at Gainesville. Um, And you and I, when we talked about it, just happened to be that y'all were really good at it this year too. Um, Kind of talk to us about the way that you teach it up front on the offensive line and then the track for the running back. Yeah. So, um, you know, growing up as we – Moved to the spread in 2006. I mean, 2006 is kind of when we started going to the spread, to the air raid. And as the offense is involved, you know, everybody's like inside zone, inside zone, inside zone. And we've had some success over the years running inside zone. But um, you you got to have some really good offensive linemen to, to run the inside zone for me consistently and be able to, you know, bloody people's nose and yeah. and knock people off the football because that's that's what an inside zone is is you you bloody people's nose and you want to get vertical movement and over the years as you know as you, as you study as a coach and you try to get better um uh learned a lot about the outside zone and and really it's become my favorite play um I think it's inexpensive because if if you're an inside zone team for me you know, we still basically teach our offensive linemen, you're responsible for the same people. We're just changing our first step a little bit and our and our hat placement and our hand placement. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we I've fallen in love with the offensive line. I mean, with the outside zone. And I like it because it fits my offensive linemen. Uh, we have some good offensive linemen here, no doubt. Uh, but we, we have athletic offensive linemen who can get on people, can run them. And uh, so that's that's kind of why I, I like the outside zone. And and if you got a good running back, the the running back can make your offensive lineman right. So uh, how we teach it up front, um, front side. I mean, same thing like covered covered offensive lineman. We want we want to reach. Um, we're we're taking a lateral step. We're trying to get our eyes on the outside number, outside armpit. Uh, if we can reach them, that's perfect. You know, but you know most defensive linemen are taught. Don't get reached, right? And so if we can't reach them, we run them, and uh, so that's pretty much what we do. Backside, we're trying to cut off the backside and create a, a same backside, and we teach our running backs. You know, we're bouncing it, banging it, or bending it, and and when we talk about bouncing it, uh, he's he's reading the outside hip of the tackle, and because we don't play with a whole lot of tight end and. And then if the tackle gets it reached, we're bouncing it. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, the tackle can't reach the defensive end and he's running it, then we're going to look to bang it, which is uh, a B-gap. You know, we want to stick our toe in the ground, make an old-school 90-degree cut, get vertical. And then, you know, if our running back goes to bang it and there's that number two defensive lineman from the inside running, 
we can bend it all the way back. So that's kind of how we teach the outside zone. Yeah, and we teach it very similarly, uh, just different terminology. We tell our running back to make his decision on his third step, um, you know, whether he's going to cut it up inside or he's going to keep keep that track to the outside. And, um, you know, as the running backs coach, I've taught <clears throat> taught our – or I teach our running backs to look at the play side defensive end. If he's in a head-up four technique um, – or just a hair outside in a five, and we think that tackle can reach him, then we're probably going to bounce it um, on, you know, just predetermining what our third step decision is probably going to be. But, you know, if he's in a wide six or even wider than that, or he's in a four eye and you got an outside linebacker out there and, uh, you know, we're, we're running it into the boundary and we got trips away from it or something like that, then that tackle is probably going to have to get that outside linebacker and we're going to have to cut it up. But, yeah. Uh, you know, we tell our guys to read the butt of the tackle. Honestly, you know, that's you know, we're making our decision on our third step, but we're reading the butt of the tackle. So, if the tackle's butt, if we keep looking at his butt and he's facing the sideline, then we're going to bang it up in there. Or if he's able to reach, you know, his man, then we're going to bounce it. But um, we uh, honestly, we have to make a guy miss as well. You yeah. know, we can't just expect. 10 guys to block 10 guys and us go untouched you know we're gonna have to you know secure the ball high and tight and uh make sure that we make a guy miss um because that's one of the most beautiful plays run run plays in football but then again it it can also be a disaster if you don't block it right or you don't stay on your track yeah um so talk to us about y'all's inside run game and inside zone i'm sorry um and how effective it's been for you guys and how y'all run it versus how we run it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, our inside run, inside zone, is almost a complement to our outside zone. Um, you know, we're going to start with the outside zone, and then when teams start bringing pressure off the edge, make it really hard to get outside, you know, and they start, you know, even a 3-3 stack, they take their, their two stack backers and they're walking them off the edge. Now it's time to run inside zone. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's kind of what we saw this year. We uh, we played Pickens, which was a three three team, three three stack team, and we had had some success running outside zone the week before. And so their answer to stop us was, "All right, we're going to take our two stack backers, walk them off the edge, and bring the house." And you know, we we made some adjustments at halftime, and basically the whole second half, all we all we did was run inside zone. Mm-hmm. They were still bringing the guys off the edge, and we would just you know come right up the middle, and so. For us, you know, inside zone is more of a complement to our outside zone. I got you. Um, yeah, we teach our guys, you know, at least from the running back position, you know, they're going to bang it, cut it, or jump it. And so if you're banging it, you're you're making it to that place out of A-gap, which uh, <clears throat> most times you can get it if it's, a, if it's an even front, if it's an odd front, and you got that nose that's slanting to the play side, it's not as easy. So if bang it's not there, then you look to cut it to backside A. And then if backside A is not there, then you're going to jump cut it to backside B gap. Yeah, I mean, very similar. I mean, with our running backs, we want we want the inside, long, uh, inside zone to land A gap to A gap, you mm-hmm. know, ideally. And I tell our guys, if you bounce the inside zone, it better be a house call. Yeah. Or you better be getting an explosive run. And I'll say, hey, man, good job. But next time – Think backside or yeah. you know a but yeah we want to go a gap to a gap to the backside you know with the with the jump cut 
uh, backside does just do a really, really good job creating a wall and, and mashing everybody and then creating the cutback. I mean, inside zone, big plays are on the cutback. So, we, we just like y'all, that's what we try to do. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. um, <clears throat> now, what other – what what are y'all's other most effective run run game plays uh, that y'all have besides what we've talked about? Yeah, so besides besides the inside and outside uh, zone game, you know our bread and butter is is the counter tray. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, we've been running that for for years and uh, just just really loving our kids here love it. Um, and I think, uh, over the last couple of years, we've, we've even gotten better at it through, you know, some study. Um, this, the last two years, really this year for sure is, you know, a lot of the time when you're, you're, when you're a counter team, you know, that, that defense is going to try to spill you, wrong arm you, make you bounce it. And, uh, um, last season I, I learned, uh, watched some videos and, I heard the uh, offensive line coach from Baylor talk about their counter tray, and any time a team was uh, wrong arm in the counter, they they taught their backside tackle, who was the wrap guy, to turn it into a sweep. And so uh, they're teaching the running back, you know, he's A, B to C, mm-hmm. but if it if it's getting wrong armed or, you know, they're trying to blow it up, then they turn it into a speed sweep. The backside tackle on the wrap now turns into he's chasing – his linebackers outside shoulder, and they turn it into counter sweep, and uh, and we we had some good success this year off of that. Obviously, anytime you can pull kick pull wrap up inside, it's, it's a really good play. But um, teams that try to take that away and wrong arm you uh, running a uh, counter sweep, it, it was really nice. I really liked it. So what uh, you know, how many touchdowns do you think you scored off of off a of counter this year? Um, we had 39 rushing touchdowns, and I would say probably half is off counter. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean our 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 left guard and our left tackle loved it. Like our right side was really good at blocking down, and our left side was really good at pulling kick, pulling mm-hmm. wrap. And they they would beg me, coach, please run it, please <laughs> run it. You know, anytime they came off on the sideline or at halftime, coach, it's there, it's there, and and you know it, it's easy to to execute when your kids believe in something like they did. Yeah. Like, they loved it. They wanted us to call it. And we got really good at it. And so, you know, it was it was fun to watch them. It must be it, – it, it's always nice when you have offensive linemen who come off and say, please let us run counter. Please let us – please let me pull and kick. Please yes. let me pull and wrap. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always a, a – I always like when they come off and they want to run that play or they want to run some kind of – uh, jail screen where they can get out and chase, you know, yeah. <laughs> DBs around and try to get them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, before we get into uh, some pass game stuff, let's take uh, another commercial break. Shout out to our friends at Chop Block on the Square in downtown Gainesville. Go visit them any night of the week. They are serving up the greatest beers in town, some of the greatest deals, and the greatest food that you'll ever put in your mouth. Trivia night is every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Join them in the Skybox upstairs for trivia night. Also on Thursday nights, you got karaoke with DJ Blaine from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. in the the Skybox. Come out and play with them there. Then on Sunday nights, you have poker starting at 7 p.m. in the Skybox. 
Uh, $200 free roll Sunday extravaganza must be 21 to attend. Monday industry night karaoke with DJ Blaine from 9.30 p.m. to 1.30 a.m. Go join them there at Chop Block and Skybox. And then they're having poker night Tuesday as well. Another $200 free roll, 7 p.m. until whenever you shut the place down, baby. Go visit our friends over at Sky at uh, Chop Block. Visit them at chopblockgainesville.com. The Law Office of Leonard C. Parks Jr. is proud to be a sponsor of the Shave Heads Not Points podcast. Attorney Lee Parks is a Gainesville native and a graduate of UGA Law School. He's practiced criminal law in Hall County in Northeast Georgia for the past 36 years, both as a prosecutor with the DA's office and as the Gainesville Municipal Court Solicitor, and for the past 22 years as a defense attorney, and handles everything from speeding tickets to death penalty murder cases. He's been named a Lawyer of Distinction and National Trial Lawyers Top 100 Criminal Defense Lawyers. His office is at 604 Green Street next to the Quinlan. If you need help with a criminal law matter, call Lee Parks at 770-503-9819 for an appointment. Happy holidays. All right, so let's talk a little quick game here. Um, what uh, what y'all's bread and butter for uh, for quick game that, uh, you know, I'm sure if you watch tape of you, you could figure it out. But, you know, for the listeners, what uh, what are your favorites? Yeah, when when I'm game planning, you know, I'm I'm probably like most most coordinators, most offenses, you know, we want to carry some kind of hitch into the game if possible. Um, depending on defense and how they play, we'll we'll, we'll usually have some kind of some kind of speed out concept, and then you know we'll try to carry in some kind of slant concept. Mm-hmm. So. You know, for a team that's going to give me the hitch, that's going to play soft, or going to play some kind of bail, you know, uh, we'll we'll run the hitch. I mean, we have some we have hitch seam, we have some double hitches, uh, you know, that we can run. A team that that really ain't going to give me free access to to throw the gift, to throw the hitch. We have a play that um, instead of running the hitch, we run the, we run the five in. So we we make it look like hitch. We're a big three. Mm-hmm. Once we get to the top, if he's a catch corner or a hard corner to uh, cover two corner. And we'll just run the five in, and uh, our inside receiver is going to run an inside go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, one one of those two is usually what I carry in for for our hitch concept. And then um, you know we've run the fade out like everybody in America yeah. does. Yeah, you know we've run double outs if if we think it's good. And you know the last couple of years with my quarterback, I mean he can throw the speed out to the field or to the boundary, and so instead of running a hitch, we may throw speed out to number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've carried that in a little bit, and then uh, slants. You know, if you're going to get your too high, too high guy, you know we're we're a double slant team. If you're going to play some cover three, we'll we'll probably more slant bubble type stuff. So that's kind of the quick game that 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 we've uh, had some success with. Did Jay Ben like to uh, roll out more or stay in the pocket? Um, probably if you ask him, he likes to just sit back in the pocket. Um, mm-hmm. he's really good at, you know, observing the field. If things break down, he could scramble, but he, he was, he was pretty good at sprinting out too. The only thing, you know, obviously with sprint out is you, you take away half the field and with Jay Ben, I mean, you could give him something and he could go through four reads as a high school quarterback and, and still make something good happen. So, uh, but I think he liked you know, dropping it back and being able to uh, 
look at the whole field and go through progression like that. Yeah, he he was a very accurate. He's a very accurate quarterback from what I saw on film. Um, didn't look like he made too many mistakes, uh, at least not decision making wise, because he was was he a four year starter? He was four yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, he he, uh, he started forty out of forty two games for us, um, and the only two were this year when he was hurt. Yeah. Yep. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, what what is the quick game stuff that you're not a fan of? Well, you know, I mean, whatever the defense is going to take away, you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to carry, you know, a team that – like, Jay Ben, he could throw the, the cover two, you mm-hmm. know, ball if we were in fade out. But, you know, there's been times where, hey, man, we may not carry fade out because we don't want to throw the whole shot or they're playing cover two or they're playing outside leverage. So, you know, that's kind of the good thing about the system is – you know, when we game plan, we, we pick out what we like for that week. And, you know, usually we have enough quick game in our in our system where we can carry some stuff into the game and have some success. But, you know, just like a lot of people now, is uh, a lot of our quick game is, is tied to the run games yeah. now. So, you know, do do I still call quick game? Sure. But most of the time it's it's tied with the with – With an RPO. With an RPO now. So. And – what um, what what's your main RPO concept as far as what tag? I mean, what run do you tag with a a route concept that you like the most? You've been most effective with? Yeah, so you know any any inside run, inside zone counter, um, you know hitches are good. I like speed outs with the inside guys. Uh, I'm a big bubble guy. I love throwing bubble screens. So those those three would probably be my my three favorite. Also, you know, um, out of trips, mm-hmm. throwing throwing um, some or running some inside zone and locking the backside and reading the backer, throwing the throwing the wide stick, throwing you know a snag yeah. route, yeah. and still picking on the whole defender. But now the quarterback's reading the inside linebacker instead of a defensive end, so he knows he's protected if he wants to throw the football. So we we've done some of that too, and. And Jay Ben really liked that. What um, what when what? So if when you're reading on a counter RPO or, or a gap scheme RPO, is he always going to read the same guy, or does that change week to week, or, or how do you how do you teach those? Yeah. So over the last few years, we we've been uh, predominantly uh, a ten personnel team. Mm-hmm. We don't really have a tight end. We don't really have a sniffer. So. Pretty much everything we do, he's reading. So, like, in the gap game off, like, the counter tray, he's reading the backside in. Uh, you know, just depending on who we play, I always like blocking for J-Ben. So, mm-hmm. our number three receiver would always block the quarterback player. So, if they're sque- squeezing and scraping and trying to make him pull it, I want to block the guy. And then off of that, we could throw the one screen t- outside to the trips guy. We could yeah. bubble two. And make it old school triple option. So I mean, we we've done done that with J Ben. But I loved any time J Ben could pull it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean he was he was he was just as good a runner as he was a passer. So if teams were going to take the ball out of our running backs' hands, I mean he he wasn't afraid to pull it and go score, which was which was pretty cool. Yeah. Anytime you have a guy, and especially if he's a four year starter, he's not gonna um, he's not gonna be scared to pull it and run it and. You know, if he makes a mistake, he's probably going to own up to it yeah, immediately. And, and and he's he's an unbelievable athlete. I mean, Jay Ben's uh, I mean, he's a legit four or five guy. 
I mean, yep. when, I mean, so if he if if he pulls it in and he gets in the open field, there's not many people. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody you know yeah. go get him once he breaks through. Yeah. Let's take one more commercial break before we uh, get into our last topic, and then because um, I think it's been about ten minutes. I'm not exactly sure. I was trying to do them all ten minutes apart, but we'll see. Gotcha. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Chop Block on the Square in downtown Gainesville. Go visit them any night of the week. They are serving up the greatest beers in town, some of the greatest deals, and the greatest food that you'll ever put in your mouth. Trivia night is every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Join them in the Skybox upstairs for trivia night. Also on Thursday nights, you got karaoke with DJ Blaine from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. in the sky block in the sky box. Come out and play with them there. Then on Sunday nights, you have poker starting at 7 p.m. in the skybox. Uh, $200 free roll Sunday extravaganza must be 21 to attend. Monday industry night karaoke with DJ Blaine from 9.30 p.m. to 1.30 a.m. Go join them there at Chop Block and Skybox. And then they're having poker night Tuesday as well. Another $200 free roll, 7 p.m. until whenever you shut the place down, baby. Go visit our friends over at Sky at uh, Chop Block. Visit them at chopblockgainesville.com. The Law Office of Leonard C. Parks Jr. is proud to be a sponsor of the Shave Heads Not Points podcast. Attorney Lee Parks is a Gainesville native and a graduate of UGA Law School. He's practiced criminal law in Hall County in Northeast Georgia for the past 36 years, both as a prosecutor with the DA's office and as the Gainesville Municipal Court Solicitor, and for the past 22 years as a defense attorney, and handles everything from speeding tickets to death penalty murder cases. He's been named a Lawyer of Distinction and National Trial Lawyer's Top 100 Criminal Defense Lawyers. His office is at 604 Green Street next to the Quinlan. If you need help with a criminal law matter, call Lee Parks at 770-503-9819 for an appointment. Happy holidays. All right, so coming into our last topic, um, talk, talking a little bit of defense or, you know, trying to call stuff against defenses, what – what fronts, before we get into coverages, what fronts seem to give your guys that you've seen in the last couple of years give you all the most fits? Or, and then on the other half of that, which ones have you seen? The, uh, the, what lineup has given you the most success? Yeah. You know, I think uh, for me personally, uh, a, a well-coached 3-3 stack defense is, is really hard to the, really hard to prepare for. I hope I don't know if y'all heard that or not, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so you know, a, a team that can run the three-three stack really well is 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 difficult because you know if it's done right, they can play eight guys in the box. They can get the two ponies in and play the run. Um, they can be one high. They could be two high. Uh, lots of different kinds of pressures. Um, you know, in the passing game. They can take away your quick stuff because they could have five underneath guys. I mean, so, uh, you know, a, a good 3-3 three, three stack defense can can present some, some, some problems. You know, obviously, probably my, probably my favorite thing to, to see is an is a even front because, you know, there's, there's less movements, less moving parts. I mean, obviously, they can still twist and do all that kind of stuff up front, but 
you know, a lot of high school teams don't don't do a whole lot of twisting and stunting. And so, you know, if you line up and you're going to play fives and you're going to play a three, you're going to play a two, I mean, that, that you know, I like that. Um, coverages, I mean, I mean, once my quarterback sees it, I mean, and understands, like, what we like. I mean, obviously having a four-year guy like Jay Ben this year wasn't probably going to see anything he hadn't seen. And, you know, even if we hadn't prepared for it throughout the week, it's like, okay, get on the sideline, Jay Ben. They're doing this to you. This is how we're going to go attack it. Got it, Coach. Good. Awesome. You know, and so when you get a, a quarterback who's got the experience, who's done all the seven-on-sevens, who's played for four years, you know, it's – Obviously, teams might try to disguise them, but in high school, that's hard. Sometimes a, a defense that tries to disguise and do all that kind of stuff in the secondary has some bust, and you get easy touchdowns for it. So, those are kind of you think you think zone or man gives uh, high school kids more. I would assume zone because you can disguise it more. But uh, you know, if you got a good man coverage team, it's it's not easy to put the ball where you want it. Yeah, for a I'm, high school quarterback. Yeah, you know, for me, if we're playing a defense that has some really, really good athletes and can play man, you know, that makes it really hard, especially if their DBs are better than my right wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, once again, like we were talking about with the quick game, I think my system, our system here at White County, we, we have some man beaters. And even if they have better athletes, you know, now with meshes and rubs and picks and I mean most of the time in high school you can get away with it they're not going to call it yeah and and we've we've still been able to have some success throwing the football even against man but to me like we played Rockmart this year in the playoffs and they they were really athletic and you know um they played zone to start with and we had some success in the second quarter their adjustment at halftime was to come out and play man we go right down the field, we score on them, and then they go back to, you know, then they try to mix it up. One series they're going to play, mm-hmm. you know, some zone. The next series they play some man. One play they may play man. The next play they're playing, I mean, just trying to disguise. And, yeah. And so. You think it was a, a fronts and stunts type thing? Did they did they try to blitz you only when they played man, or they just try to mess with you? I mean, when they got in man, they played man free, and they played – Three three stack in a box. They didn't really try to bring pressure. I mean, that was the way they were going to do. They they really had like a speed package, so they brought like legit corners into mm-hmm. the game to play defense, and then they played their best six guys in a box, and you know they just tried to play man free. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I think that you know trying to determine which coverage it is can is can be. Uh, a little bit of a task for, especially if it's a first, maybe second year starting quarterback, third or fourth year starting quarterback, you know, disguising zone or, or uh, you know, figuring it out. It's probably not as, as difficult, but, you know, for a first or second year quarterback, I think, you know, trying to decide is it cover one, is it cover two, is it cover three or four, whatever. Yeah. I think that can be kind of overload in my opinion. Um, you for know, sure. that's, that's sure. why I like the way – that uh, I'm not a big R4 person, but I like the way that he, you know, labels coverages, you know, above that hard, that seven-yard hard duck. If you got hard deck, not hard duck. Um, if you got two guys above the hard deck, you call it cover two. And, and essentially that's what it becomes unless they're just going to bail. Right. And they can, you know, bail into cover four. But, um, 
you know, it, it is a good pre-snap reader for those for those young quarterbacks to know how many peop, how many guys in the secondary are above the hard deck, and you know, at least kind of it kind of lets me try to paint a picture. You know, if he, if the quarterback can, great. If he can't, then you figure something else out. Yeah. But uh, so before we wrap up here, what? Uh, Nope, wrong one. There we go. <laughs> I forget which one of my buttons they're supposed to be. Uh, so before we wrap up here, how can people follow you on social media? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh-huh. cbennett72. Okay. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. So That's it. cbennett72. <laughs> well, Coach, I appreciate you uh, hanging out with me today and, and talking a little football with us. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming up. Enjoyed it. All right, man.